the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Prince Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us on this Thursday, the 25th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Regarding collusion or conspiracy, you didn't find evidence of any agreement, I'm quoting you, among the Trump campaign officials and any Russian-linked individuals to interfere with our U.S. election, correct? Correct. So you also note in the report that an element of any of those obstructions you referenced requires a corrupt state of mind, correct? Corrupt intent, correct. Right. And if somebody knows they did not conspire with anybody from Russia to affect the election, and they see the big Justice Department with people that hate that person coming after them, and then a special council appointed who hires dozen or more people that hate that person and he knows he's innocent he's not corruptly acting in order to see that justice is done what he's doing is not obstructing justice he is pursuing justice and the fact that you General ran it out it. two years means General you St- perpetuated injustice I take- that my friends, was Congressman Louis Gohmert, who was just one of a host of Republicans yesterday who went to battle for justice, who went to battle for integrity in government, who went to battle for the rule of law, the rule of law as it pertains to the criminal justice system in the United States of America, one of a host of Republicans who stripped the bark off of independent, yes, I'm using air quotes, special counsel Robert Mueller. 
The last line, why did I choose to start the show with uh, Louis Gohmert instead of Congressman Jim Jordan? The last line, the last words you just heard there from Louis Gohmert were, to me, the most poignant. In his passionate defense of Donald Trump against allegations of, quote, obstructing justice, he pointed out very clearly that President Trump was the only one truly pursuing justice because he knew that there was no coordination, collaboration, conspiracy with the Russians from his campaign. So he had no uh, judgment whatsoever of corrupt intent, no feeling, no idea of corrupt intent, which must be present as per the words of Robert Mueller in the report. So if he had no corrupt intent and was instead seeking to get justice for an innocent man himself and his campaign team against a ridiculous witch hunt investigation, he was the only one pursuing justice. And in effect, as a result, Bob Mueller brought about injustice. And I think that's about as succinct as this entire fiasco can get. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And yes, we are going to analyze and break down yesterday's testimony and question and answer periods from Republicans like Jim Jordan, Devin Nunez, John Radcliffe, uh, Doug Collins, Louis Gohmert, and more. And moreover, we're going to be focusing on, when I give the opportunity, and we will have this for the entire first hour, we're going to be focusing on what Bob Mueller said in response to those questions, which I think can be summarized this way. Not in my purview. Not going to answer that. What was the question? Could you repeat that? Where in the report was that? Thank you. That's the summary of Bob Mueller's testimony in response to virtually all questions asked by Republican members of those two committees yesterday. Which leads to this question. Was Robert Mueller truly incompetent truly incoherent, truly in the advanced stages of Alzheimer's, or was Robert Mueller intentionally trying to corrupt the process at a, at a hearing that he did not want to be at? If you listen to congressional analysts, political analysts from all over the country today, you're going to get a wide variety of answers to those questions. Some people I've already talked to this morning have said to me, Clearly, he's lost it. His mental faculties were all, not all there. You could hear it in his shaky voice. You could see him fumbling and stumbling to try to recall things. And he's just not there anymore. He's not sharp anymore. That's what some have said. Some have expressed kind of sympathy, sadness for Robert Mueller because of the way he came off. Some have suggested that the Republican questioners should have gone easy on him because it's clear that he was. This is exactly what Robert Mueller wanted to do. Robert Mueller intentionally pretended not to know what the, the questioners were talking about. He intentionally asked them to repeat questions. I didn't quite hear that. He intentionally asked them, what page of the report did you say that was on so that I can look at it? Intentionally wasted the time. Because time in congressional committees is limited, in these cases, to five minutes per questioner. 
And what better way to try to avoid the questions of Devin Nunez, Jim Jordan, and others than to fiddle away their five minutes? By, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? By, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. Could you explain that? Could you tell me what you mean by that? Can you tell me where this is? That Bob Mueller essentially put on a stall tactic, played four corners offense to try to run out the clock on all of these very, very difficult questions. And then still others say maybe the answer lies somewhere in between. That he's a little bit incompetent, that he's a little bit not there anymore, and he did not want to answer questions, so he did everything he could to delay and stall so that he would not have to. Let me offer my observation. My observation is that what we saw yesterday was a classic example or a reason why Bob Mueller fought so hard to not testify. Why he read a nine-minute prepared statement to the press after he delivered his 484-page report to Congress because he was trying so hard to not have to come before the Congress and answer questions. And the reason he didn't want to come before the Congress and answer questions and only appeared yesterday under subpoena from the Democrats is because Bob Mueller doesn't know what's in the Mueller report. Because Bob Mueller did not write the Mueller report. And if Bob Mueller did not write the Mueller report, the next logical question to be asked is, did Bob Mueller even lead the Mueller investigation? If he didn't write it, Someone else did. And if someone else did, then someone else led it as well. And the question is who? That question is answered by some. Some who believe, including Sean Hannity last night, that the uh, member of the Mueller investigative team that is most likely the author and the leader of this is known for all to see. And before we talk about who that is, let's talk about the fact that when Bob Mueller was asked basic questions about the Mueller report, about the investigation, he acted as if he had never even heard of some of these things, like Fusion GPS. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that. Can you tell me where that is? Wait a minute, you're not familiar with Fusion GPS? You're not familiar with Glenn Simpson? You're not familiar with... With Christopher Steele, you're not familiar with any of these things? How did you run the investigation for 22 months, and you don't know what I'm asking you? The answer is he didn't run the investigation. He had 19 lawyers working with him. 19 lawyers and about 40 FBI agents. FBI agents in a corrupt FBI in which leadership from James Comey originally who passed this thing off and, of course, made the uh, uh, special counsel appointment happen by leaking documents to his reporter friends to make it happen. Then Andrew McCabe, the deputy. Of course, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. It was a corrupt FBI at the leadership positions, not the rank and file. You had 19 Clinton associate lawyers, Clinton donors, Opponents to Donald Trump, never Trumpers, all working for Bob Mueller. Rod Rosenstein, when he appointed the special counsel, couldn't say, I'm going to appoint a bunch of Clinton fans 
and Trump haters to investigate Trump collusion. He had to put a, a, a shiny, impeccable face on it. Well, everybody knows Bob Mueller, former, former FBI director. Everybody respects Bob Mueller, combat veteran. Everybody knows Bob Mueller is a stand-up guy. We'll hire him to lead the investigation, or at least to put his face on it. Nobody can impugn the integrity of Bob Mueller, so we'll put his name on it, tell him to go have lunch, and we'll take care of business. The corrupt lawyers, the corrupt investigators, the never-Trumpers who led this investigation and did everything they could to find something with which to charge Donald Trump. They're the ones who did the investigating. They're the ones who wrote the report. And Bob Mueller just has his name on it because his is the face of impartial law enforcement. Nobody can question Mueller. His status as James Comey's best friend notwithstanding. That's what I believe happened here, and I would not have known that until we put him, or they put him on that stand yesterday. I would not have believed it. I would not have known it. But now we know. Because Bob Mueller knew nothing about the report that he wrote, or allegedly wrote. And if we know that somebody else wrote it, Weinstein, and if we know that somebody else led the investigation, then the entire thing is a fraud. The entirety of it is a fraud. And the only silver lining to all of that is that the fraud failed. The fraud failed at every level. Because even liberal media, NBC, Chuck Todd, ABC, CBS, uh, CNN, they're all admitting the Democrats failed. Rather than Bob Mueller testifying to clarify that charges were due and were appropriate of Donald Trump, he muddied the waters. He didn't clarify anything. He muddied the waters. And Democrats right now are panicking. Oh, yes, they're doing their best to to essentially whitewash the Mueller testimony yesterday to try to cover it in. See, we told you we had evidence to continue to pursue uh, impeachment. They got nothing new out of Mueller. Nothing at all. In fact, the Republicans scored massive points against Mueller for his bias. But his willingness to bring charges every time there was an opportunity against a Trump associate, they scored major points against him. But what but what they didn't do, what or Democrats cannot do, while they say they still have uh, evidence now to pursue, they cannot claim that yesterday was a victory. When even CNN is arguing and admitting, really, and proclaiming that this has been a disaster for the Democrats. You know what might be a good idea for the Democrats in the House of Representatives is to find out something. You know, I mean, remember, <laughs> they, remember yeah. they, you know, they got one control of the House of Representatives and they were going to do investigations. 
Name one thing that any of these investigations have uncovered. Now we're almost, you know, at the at the summer recess. Where are the now, tapes? It, it, you're like, well, like, what are they? What are they doing? I mean, the, the fact well, that I mean, they, go, they, go Jeff, well, but, go Jeff, they, go Jeff. You know, they've been, um, they have been uh, stymied by yeah. the president. Yeah. I mean, they've had uh, run into unprecedented, uh, uh, you know, in, interference from the president. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This has been a wall-to-wall -wall failure in all this these is, committees. This, this is a that is CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin, one of the most outspoken never-Trumpers in all of media. And his statement you just heard is that the Democrats' investigations into Trump have been a wall-to-wall -wall failure. There's no whitewashing that you can do that will take that away. 922, we are just getting rolling. We have a lot of this to talk about today. We're going to talk more about it with Robert Charles coming up here in about 10, 15 minutes. We'll get Dr. Everett Piper's take on this. And I want your take on what you heard yesterday. Dial us up, 216-901-0945. Right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. Twenty-seven, the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I give you a little bit of Louis Gomert before. Let me give you a little bit of Bob Mueller now. Why? Because this is important. Bob Mueller, toward the end of his morning session, in a conversation with Ted Lieu, said that the only reason, or at least he agreed to Ted Lieu, who said the only reason we didn't recommend an indictment of Donald Trump is because the Office of Legal Counsel said we can't indict a sitting president. That gave the Democrats a couple of hours in the middle of the day to cheer and say, ha-ha. Mueller says Trump will be indicted after he leaves office. That gives us clear a clear path forward with impeachment to get him out of office so the indictment can happen. But then Robert Mueller, probably after conferring with counsel, started the afternoon session by wiping all of that away. Now, before we go to questions, I want to add one correction to my testimony this morning. I want to go back to one thing that was said this morning by Mr. Liu, who said, and I quote, you didn't charge the president because of the OLC opinion. That is not the correct way to say it. As we say in the report, and as I said at the opening, we did not reach a determination as to whether the president committed a crime. So the air now, was just taken right. Yeah, we heard you. The air is uh, just taken right out of the balloon for the Democrats. Dang it! He walked it back. He didn't walk it back. He flat out retracted it. No, we didn't just not indict because he's a sitting president. We know there's a crime, but we couldn't do it. He's saying we did not determine there was a crime. So that's such an important point. And the Democrats, there's just there's just no covering. There's no salving the wound that they su uh, suffered uh, with that line. All right, let me go out to uh, Wadsworth and say good morning to Jeff. Is this Jeff Malik? How are you? Hello, Bob? Jeff. Is, yeah, I Hello, got you there, can you Jeff. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah you were down I for can... a second. Okay, thank you. How go are you ahead. doing? I'm good. What's on your mind? What would you think? Um, well, first of all, i got to tell you, I'm spending my this beautiful day in Medina City um, collecting signatures for a ballot referendum. Um, so a great way to spend the day. But uh, as far as the Mueller investigation... You know, I'm sure other people have stated this. It seems so obvious to me that 
either this guy is a great actor at appearing to be senile, or he truly is senile, and the whole plan was to have Bob Weissman be the lead and have Mueller be the front guy. Because he seems so confused. The latter. Yeah, absolutely. It's clear that either, either he's this great actor, or he's just a bumbling fool that was the front guy. No, I no, I don't think he's a bumbling fool. I think I think he was just never intended to be the guy that led this investigation. He was just the name that was put on it so that it would be beyond reproach. That's what this whole thing so, was. So you think that he is acting at being incompetent because he's I think a great he actor, intentionally though. yeah, I think he intentionally delayed. He was putting on a stall game, uh, you know, four corners offense, stalling tactic. Listen, there's a reason why he basically begged not to have to go to the stand because he did not do the report. He begged to not not be subpoenaed. He said, "Don't bring me up there." He doesn't want to answer questions. But, when they subpoenaed but, but, him, he asked, "Hold on." When they subpoenaed him, he asked William Barr to write a letter telling him he can't answer any questions outside of the four corners of the report because he does not understand the uh, the questions. He did not run right. the investigation. I think that is what and, we and, found out. It was Andrew Weissman from the beginning. And I get that, but when he was asked who originally appointed him, and it was Ronald Reagan, he didn't know that. He he did finally figure out that uh, George Bush, H.W. Uh, Bush, did an appointment for him at some point. Right. But he, the guy just seemed, not only the report that he was ignorant on, he just seemed like he barely knew where he was. It I just, think there's... Jeff, I think there's an element of both there. I really do. As I was kind of saying in the beginning, oh, in the opening monologue, I think there was a delay tactic. He was trying not to have to answer questions because he does not know the answers. He did not do the report, but I also think that you're right. There's an element of him that is just not sharp. There's an element to him right now that, you know, for whatever reason, he's only 74. It's not like he's 90. He's 74 years yeah. old, but you're right. He did appear to be very confused, especially as you point out. He didn't know who appointed him. Uh, you know, when he's asked about Fusion GPS, what's that he acted like he had never heard of that before so there is an element right there's an element of this that clearly does go to incompetence uh in some capacity but i also think a lot of this was planned and staged because he did not know the answer to the questions uh 9 32 news time right back after this am 1420 the answer All right, 936 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Some of the best work done yesterday in the questioning of Robert Mueller was done by our own uh, guest, our regular guest, every Monday on this program, and my personal congressman in Ohio's 4th Congressional District, Congressman Jim Jordan. You can charge 13 Russians no one's ever heard of, no one's ever seen, no one's ever going to hear of them, no one's ever going to see them. You can charge them. You can charge all kinds of people who are around the president with false statements. But the guy who launches everything, the guy who puts this whole story in motion, you can't charge him. I think that's amazing. I'm not certain I I agree with your characterizations. Well, I'm reading from your report. Nipson told Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos tells the diplomat. The diplomat tells the FBI. The FBI opens the investigation July 31st, 2016. And here we are three years later. July of 2019, the country's been put through this. And the central figure who launches it all lies to us, and you guys don't hunt him down and interview him again, and you don't charge him with a crime. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. 
The president was falsely accused of conspiracy. The FBI does a 10-month investigation. And James Comey, when we deposed him a year ago, told us at that point they had nothing. You do a 22-month investigation. At the end of that 22 months, you find no conspiracy. And what's the Democrats want to do? They want to keep investigating. They want to keep going. Maybe a better course of action, maybe a better course of action is to figure out how the false accusation started. Maybe it's to go back and actually figure out why Joseph Nipson was lying to the FBI. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. That's exactly what Bill Barr is doing. And thank goodness for that. That's exactly what the Attorney General and John Durham are doing. They're going to find out why we went through this three-year three saga and get to the bottom of it. The investigators will be investigated. Joining us now with more reaction to yesterday's fireworks on Capitol Hill, Robert Charles. Robert uh, Charles worked in the Reagan and Bush 41 White Houses. He was the Assistant Secretary of State under Colin Powell for Bush 43. He is a nationally recognized author. His latest book is Eagles and Evergreen, and he also represents AMAC, the the Association of Mature American Citizens. Mr. Charles, good morning, sir. How are you? Thank you, Bob, for having me. It's an interesting morning. Oh, my goodness. You aren't kidding. Um, listen, I'm going to jump right to the to the heart of this whole thing and ask you, as, as you watched Bob Mueller yesterday, did you see more incompetence and maybe somebody who doesn't necessarily have it all going on for him anymore, a confused man perhaps uh, with, uh, you know, with some problems, or did you see a skilled tactician trying to delay and obstruct the questioning of the Republicans with his constant interruptions of, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I'm sorry, could you tell me where to find that? I'm sorry, could you tell me this? Oh, that's not in my purview. Because we didn't get much from him yesterday, but what we did see was a man who very clearly was not in control of that report. Yeah, I think that the testimony of Bob Mueller, who uh, historically was was viewed uh, with favor, more or less, in Washington, is one of those things that uh, the Democrats should have asked themselves or told themselves, be careful what you ask for. They're the ones that insisted upon bringing him uh, before them. And uh, I had always thought that Graham in the Senate uh, actually should bring him before them and actually do some of the things that Jim Jordan very expertly did uh, did yesterday. The sad, sad fact is that uh, understand that I come at this from a slightly different perspective. Under Newt Gingrich, uh, I ran uh, the biggest part of the Oversight Committee for five years, and so we we regularly held hearings. We regularly vetted witnesses. I ran the Waco hearings. We were uh, you, you you are very careful about who you put in front of that microphone. I think that the Democrats are in a a strange stumbling uh, sort of frenzy to try to create enough of a predicate for something that they'd like to call impeachable that they just have stumbled all over themselves. And this is really, in a sense, this is like the, the capstone because here was supposed to be their star player, their star witness, the guy that would expand on the report that didn't say what they most wanted it to say, and instead he turns out uh, in front of a microphone undermining his own report, undermining the conclusions, confirming all the things, as Jim Jordan in your clip rightly pointed out, uh, confirming that, frankly, they didn't go after the people they should have gone after, and the people they went after were really irrelevant and of no consequence. So, you know, I also think that this, uh, I, I, I know Bill Barr sort of from a distance. Uh, during the Bush 41 era, I worked uh, a bit with Terwilliger, who was his, and with Roger Porter and a few other people who were his uh, uh, directly related to him, I think that I think the world of Bob Barr, uh, Bill Barr. I think Bill Barr is a very um, uh, a competent, capable, thoughtful on top of the uh, on top of his game attorney. And when he puts 
uh, another U.S. attorney, which he has done, on the on the trail to find out what really happened. I'm confident that what, what we're really going to get the truth is from Bill Barr. But yeah, I think it it really was a a, a shambles uh, yesterday, and I think it's uh, obviously disappointed some of the Democrats. But to me, uh, I didn't expect anything better. I, I think they were they were uh, they were really in a uh, a jam because there isn't anything to to become actionable on. They're not governing as a House is supposed to. They're a divided caucus. They can't seem to get any legislation forward that anybody would sign. And instead, they're preoccupied by doing a bunch of junk hearings in order to produce junk headlines for junk media that generate uh, really just a sense, I think, on the part of the average American of uh, disappointment. This is not what we want our Congress to be doing. And uh, Mueller certainly was a disappointment, too. We are talking with Robert Charles. Robert, again, was the Assistant Secretary of State under Bush 43, under Colin Powell. He also worked in the Reagan and Bush 41 White Houses. How familiar are you with Andrew Weissman, who was widely regarded as um, uh, Bob Mueller's top yeah. you know, right-hand yeah. man in this investigation? And the fact so- that... He has he has been exposed as being a corrupt attorney, uh, somebody who was actually in on the Russia hoax. He met with a Russian oligarch during all of this run up, and moreover, he is an extraordinarily close personal friend of the defeated Hillary Clinton. And on election night, he spent it with the Clintons. And then a few weeks yep. later, he is appointed to the Mueller team investigating Donald Trump. There, how can there possibly, first of all? How can he be on the team? And second of all, it's my contention, Robert and others, that he led this thing, that Bob Mueller's name was on it, but that Andrew Weissman led this investigation, and that's why it took yeah, the direction I, I it did. I think your inference is a fair one, and, and I, I say that as a guy who did oversight for five years. I, I was just disappointed from the outset. I mean, as an older American, and I, I am a member and a, and a spokesperson for AMAC, I look at things through a, a more cerebral lens. I've lived long enough now to think... Uh, to sort of look around corners and, and I hope see some of the things that are on the other side of the corner. And I, when they appointed that team, you know, your first instinct is to say, well, it, obviously they're trying to find people who will be fair critics of the president. But when you look deeper, three, four layers in, you see that, well, the description of Wiseman that you just gave is only a partial description. This is not an attorney who has distinguished himself for anything but aggressive uh, prosecution. He, uh, in fact, uh, I mean, go back and look at his record before the Supreme Court. He's been reversed. Uh, so he's, he, you know, what what you come away with is the idea that this is a, a, a sort of a, a dyed-in-the-wool partisan uh, who, at the same time, uh, really is known chiefly for being an aggressive, uh, gotcha before we've even got the evidence kind of an attorney. And uh, well, my question really goes back to the judgment of Mueller. Why do you pull around you? I understand in, in, in your law firm world, you know some of these people better than others, but why do you pull around you a body of almost exclusively Democrat partisans? Uh, I understand that gives you validation later when they say, well, you didn't whitewash a report that cleared the president. But at the same time, you then delegate all your authority to these partisans, and it really it taints your report before you've ever begun. And I think although the president said it in tweets and he was a little more direct i think his point is is right that if you pull partisans in to do a nonpartisan investigation it's tainted from the outset 
so the so old, the old really appearance the old appearance of impropriety line, right? I mean, you would think he would have just right. appointed you know at least a balanced uh, uh, staff of nineteen lawyers, right. and of course he had forty FBI agents. Put, put put a balance of people there who are maybe Clinton That's loyalists right. and 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 who are not, just so that it looks like hey, we had a bipartisan <laughs> investigative group here, and this is what we came up That's with right. because it certainly would never look that way now. You're, you're absolutely dead on, and you know the law is only as good as the faith that the people have in the law. Uh, we really still are a country dedicated to honor and the idea that we honor the law uh, because we believe it to be true and not fungible. And when you taint the law by making it partisan, you've undermined the very rule of law that you say you stand for. And so that was my complaint from the get-go. If, if you're putting people on this that are not credible because they are, they, their judgment is already tainted by being arch-partisans, then you've kind of missed the boat before you even launch. Um, we're talking to Robert Charles, uh, analyzing yesterday's testimony with Robert Mueller. Um, did you see the question and answer period with uh, Representative Ratcliffe? Uh, I saw, I was in and out of the hearing, so I mean, I, I rather saw them in and out, but uh, are you thinking of a particular exchange? Yeah, that's the reason I wanted to find out so I can set this up. Um, the, the question of exoneration has been a very, very important one here. As pointed out by almost every legal scholar, yeah. including yeah. some on the left, it has never including ever five. been... That's right. Yeah, yep. it, it, it has never, ever been the job of a prosecutor or an investigative prosecutor to find proof of innocence. It is, in fact, his job to try to find reasons to indict. And if there's not That's enough right. evidence to indict, by very definition, that person is exonerated. We didn't have evidence to prove him guilty of anything or to charge him exactly. to see if he is guilty of anything. Therefore, in a criminal justice system in which the presumption of innocence That's is right. granted to everyone, then he is indeed presumed innocent. End of story. Yeah, and Ratcliffe exposed this by pointing out that virtually the entire second volume of the report which was entering facts or not facts excuse me uh 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 information that were not uh included as crimes was was simply you know uh, undoing decades and decades well really a couple of centuries of criminal legal precedents so you know what you're, you're you're dead on with respect to the law uh and in one of my past lives i was a uh a clerk for the U.S. Court of Appeals, Ninth Circuit, for a Reagan appointee, and, uh, and litigated a little bit after that. And, and you're, you're right on. Exoneration is the result of not finding guilt. And in this particular instance, you had a report which, you know, when you have a, a, a case, it is typically, pursuant to the Constitution, a case of any kind. And investigating a case, you're looking at an individual case or controversy. You're looking at facts surrounding that particular event. And then you come to a conclusion, if you're a prosecutor, whether you will or you will not bring that case because there's a predicate, there's sufficient information that will support an, a uh, what they either call an indictment or an information, which is kind of an, a document. But there either is or is not enough information and, and support for that to go forward. And if there isn't, then the, then the subject is exonerated. The interesting part about this is that the president used that word. I don't know if it's because he was talking to his counsel or not. He used that word right at the outset of the release of the report, and he was right. And when you get a, a decision from a court that comes down in that direction, you call it a holding. Anything that is added to that, anything that is opinion, that gets lardered on like extra fluff, and liberal judges tend to do lots of that, and apparently liberal investigators do too, is called dicta. It's really useless. It has no... Uh, it has no bearing on the case. It may reflect their, in this case, partisan opinions, but it doesn't have any bearing whatsoever on the guilt or innocence of the party. 
And, and unfortunately, what you have here is a Democrat House led by Nadler, who I, I almost get the feeling he's got some prior uh, uh, axe to grind with this president from coming up in New York. But oh, he I don't does. Know what president is. Trump has talked uh, about that in the past that he's battled and sparred yeah. with uh, with Nadler in New York for years. Yeah. And in the president's words, he always defeated him, and that's one of the. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, Bob, I'll tell you what's really a disgrace, and it's not in that report. What's a disgrace is that that chairman has run roughshod over the rules of the House. I ran a committee. I didn't gavel down every single Republican and ignore them. And he's done that for more than a year. He has literally, uh, during his period of time as chairmanship, he has, he has literally, uh, in my opinion, uh, obviated the rules of the House. He has gone, he, he, look at the rules of the committee and how you're supposed to recognize people. You know, Roger's rules, it's a very straightforward uh, process, and, and I was counseled to a committee. He, uh, what, what upsets me is that both in this uh, series of hearings, uh, obviously in the ones they plan ahead, and in the ones that they've conducted, they really have not honored the idea of being a, 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 a representative to the House of Representatives for the people and allowing all parties to have their say. We as Republicans never gaveled down a Democrat who had a legitimate objection or point of clarification in a hearing. And he, he, he gavels down 30 or 40 of them in a row. And you say, well, who are you, you know, who, who, where do we get to speak? I mean, thank God there were cameras up that I think embarrassed them into following some of the rules yesterday. But it's, it's disappointing when the process itself becomes so partisan that the word investigation doesn't really mean investigation anymore. It just means excuse for holding hearings and trying to score political points so that they can, I guess, embarrass the president. That seems to be their goal. Yeah, that is exactly what their goal is. And now, of course, to try to, even though it was a disaster for them yesterday, to continue to try to uh, push for impeachment. They cannot beat him in 2020. I think they know that not one member of that pool of candidates can beat him, especially if the economy continues to hum along the way that it is. Right. So their only option is to try to invalidate his first election and impeach him. Uh, Robert Charles. Yeah. Robert Charles from AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, also, of course, uh, long political experience uh, in uh, two White Houses and, of course, with the Secretary, Assistant Secretary of State position under Colin Powell. I really appreciate your great insight and analysis. Thank you very much, Robert. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 9.51, time to get a quick time out. We'll come right back, get a call or two in. Dr. Everett Piper after the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420, The Answer. There must be some kind of way out of here. A couple of quick calls here, but also a quick uh, um, tweet. Not to me. But from my friend Larry Elder, whose show I did a couple of nights ago, he wrote uh, last night, Bob Mueller, a Marine combat decorated vet, did not deserve the humiliation the Dems forced him to endure by dragging him to the hearings. Dems' only victory is that for at least one day, Trump could not make the media report on the squad's latest lunacy. Hashtag Mueller hearing disaster. I love Larry Elder, but I disagree wholeheartedly. He did deserve the humiliation he endured. This man has participated in a coup to destroy the President of the United States. He assembled a team of anti-Trump Clinton loyalists to look for evidence of his predetermined conclusion of guilt. He tried to destroy the President on a lie. 
He abs and he did not write his own report. He absolutely deserved every inch of his embarrassment yesterday. I disagree with my friend Larry, and with my friend Hugh Hewitt on this as well. David and Lagrange, you're up. David, go right ahead. Yes, Bob, I agree with you on two things. I don't think Mueller wrote this report, and he talked about corruption. There's a lot of corruption, and when where corruption is, there's money. You have to wonder how many people are being paid. And this whole Russian collusion is nothing but a big lie. Everybody knows it. The ones who are accusing Trump of Russian collusion know it's a lie. The media knows it's a lie. And I think people doing it are what Donald Trump said, the swamp. These people are the swamp. And I think a lot of people are dirty in government, dirty people in FBI. And they just have to destroy this guy, Donald Trump, because he cannot be bought. There's three names I want you to remember for the next few weeks. Three names that I think are going to be very, very important. Horowitz, Barr, and Durham. Because those are the three individuals who are going to bring this entire thing down. The entire investigation, the phony uh, dossier, Hillary Clinton, all of it. Because the Inspector General Horowitz is going to have his report soon. Attorney General Bill Barr has made it his mission to investigate the investigators of this mess, and he has hired John Durham, a phenomenal prosecutor, to investigate other matters related to it. The three of them will soon have statements to make. That's when you'll start to see this entire house of cards uh, built by the left collapse. Jim in West Park, real quick. Jim, go ahead. Yes, I, I agree with you. I disagree with, with Hewitt and everybody else. He knew exactly, he's pulling a ballsy forward on this. Uh, I'm talking about Mueller. He, yeah. he goes back to uh, the uh, Whitewater and the, uh, the Rose Law Firm of the Clinton administration all the way back. He is a dirty, dirty, dirty person, okay? They, he knows exactly what's going on. And to think that, you know, you can feel sorry for him because he's an old vet, B.S. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate the phone call, and I completely concur. I appreciate that very much. 10 o'clock news time. Dr. Everett Piper next right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.